so as Tim mentioned, my name's Nate. I'm actually pinch hitting today for the person who is supposed to be giving their testimony. Um, and when I was originally asked earlier this week, I kind of, my, my initial response was, do I have to? Because uh, honestly, I, I get a little uncomfortable speaking in front of large crowds, which you may have noticed intermittently when I was speaking two weeks ago. And uh, to back that up, I don't really have a flashy testimony. Um, but despite this, my wife encouraged me that flashy or not, I should still come up here today because not everyone has the prodigal son story, as it were. And uh, some people have a very similar story to his brother who was uh, just at his father's side. And these are still important stories to tell. So going off that, I was raised in a Christian home, and I accepted Christ from a very young age, around four or five, from my parents. And throughout my childhood, I continued to go to church with my family, as well as Sunday school and vacation Bible school and youth group as I got older. But something started happening around middle school and going through most of high school where I became complacent in my spiritual growth. And... To borrow from the words of Paul Tripp, I became a functional atheist. So I would show up to church on Sundays and go to different functions and play the part, but the rest of my life, I lived it basically like God didn't exist. And so during this time, I frequently looked for fulfillment through relationships, through accomplishments, and through um, just being a part of things. And after one particular uh, breakup with a girl who went to my church's youth group, I, I really felt like there was no reason for me to attend any longer. But luckily for me, my mom was not willing to give up on my spiritual walk, and she uh, sat me down one day and said, Nate, I don't care where you go, but you need to be going somewhere where you will be fed. And so after speaking to a youth pastor who was also a substitute teacher at the high school she worked at, I found myself being taught by a man named Bill Berger, a Karen graduate who would go on to become my mentor, my friend, and my brother in Christ. His discipling helped me to grow in my spiritual walk, seek fulfillment in Christ, and understand that biblical education will always be useful for a Christian to have during their walk. This eventually led me to pursue studies at Karen University as a music and worship major with a dual degree in Bible. But after feeling like I was constantly hitting walls trying to pursue this music degree, I was finally persuaded to major in Bible with a minor in music at the, uh, sorry, I lost my place, at the, uh, at the opinion of several people. Um, first, my RA, Arthur, who would go on to be the best man at my wedding. His roommate, Jared, who is wearing, now I was corrected on this from the first service, he's not wearing a sweater, he's wearing a cardigan. And a cute, opinionated English major who would eventually become my wife. It was during this time I also felt called to teach the Word, and at the encouragement of several professors, decided to pursue my Master of Divinity, of which, praise the Lord, I am currently completed nine out of 12 semesters. Amen. If I could highlight some parts of this story to really express what God has done for me and is still doing for me, it would be through the lens of my favorite verse, Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, which reads, therefore, since we have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
This great cloud of witnesses is the guidance that every Christian has through the visible and invisible church. So there was often times during my journey where I felt like I was alone or I didn't know what to do and I needed help. And it was, per, it was specifically at these times that God placed people when I needed them to spur me on in my spiritual walk and help me to refocus on him, whether I wanted to or not. I can also see in these verses the phrase, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race set before us. I wish I could say that being a Bible major, I wake up every day super energized about the gospel, and that I have a little tally board in my kitchen that says, you know, X number of days without sin, or, oh, well, I'm going to seminary, so I don't sin anymore. But I can't. No matter how far I continue in my walk, I must constantly remind myself that the gospel is not simply, do I know that I sin, but rather, do I hate the sin that I once loved, and do I love the righteousness that I once hated? I stole that from Paul Washer, to be fair. Finally, there's the last part. Looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. I was reading a book over Christmas called Called to the Ministry by Ed Clowney, and most of the book was spent on not being a pastor, actually. So, just a little ironic, but it's spent on the call that all Christians have to minister in their calling of Christ. And so, while I personally am still in the midst of discerning my calling in terms of biblical teaching or some sort of pastoral role in, in church ministry, this book and this part of this verse are a great reminder that my first call is being a Christian. It is the call to pick up my cross daily and follow Christ. Thank you.